0: what's up everybody you're listening to No noco cinema here on wgm plus your guide to cinema here in the city of chicago i am tom hush and normally you'd hear from my uh co-host connor cornelius but he has availed himself of this city while the sky opens up with rain he has gone to sunny sunny los angeles to hang out and uh see see the west coast the best coast as some have said but i disagree i'm not a big <laughs> la fan <laughs> uh <Nope. laughs> out of the gate <laughs> yeah, the guy. I got. I got to let people know how I feel about LA, but that's all right. We've got a lot of fun conversation coming up for you. Um, again, this weekend has been uh, great. This past weekend, got to see the music box premiere of Holy Trinity. Awesome, awesome movie. Big, big ups to Molly Hewitt. They are a fantastic artist and filmmaker, and you need to be checking out Molly's stuff. You can follow them over at Glam Hag on Instagram. Lot of awesome performance art a lot of awesome photography things of that nature so check it out and then obviously look for screenings of holy trinity um there's probably going to be some news coming out about more screenings i i can't imagine that molly would stop at one especially when they had a big room to play the uh the premiere also metal movie nights was this weekend um i mean in the mouth of madness what is there to what was there more to say about that movie a fantastic late carpenter and if you if you don't like it, then I don't like you. Sorry, man. This is how they show works. that. They showed that over at the music box. Great. Yeah, they did it uh, Friday night and Saturday night. So, uh, but for right now, I, I've got so much screening news to come up uh, to, to bring to you right now because luckily I have amassed three incredibly. Uh, Fun and interesting people here in the Chicago film scene who have been working on screenings in the micro cinema scene and the kind of alternative cinema scene uh, insofar as these are smaller spaces where you wouldn't traditionally go to see movies. These are places that are kind of tucked away. But they are showing some really awesome stuff, and I uh, wanted to talk to them about that. So let's go around the table here. Let's start with uh, my good friend, probably the first guest to ever be on this show, Jake Wiseman. Hey, Tom. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me, man. Uh, tell everybody what wh- who you are and what you do. I am a Rogers Park filmmaker. I write, direct, produce movies up
1: in Rogers Park, and I am the assistant general manager of the new 400 theaters up there in Rogers, and a newly uh co-programmer help i help run the 6740 microspace up there so follow 6740 on
0: instagram and facebook yeah a fantastic space literally right above the theater yeah it's upstairs it's awesome and um i've been to a few i've been to a few screenings up there both uh both more private than others and and bigger ones the private
1: karaoke screening yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that was wow yeah that was yeah. A that night. any
1: of us can remember
0: oh my god <laughs> that is some things happened but I, I, I mean i did i did get to see um your film clean sheets up yep, there we showed that got to see um oh my gosh you're at decaf don i was at decaf don as well with our good pal nick alonzo yep, that was fun. great film you um, hosted
1: the you moderated the Q&A I did moderate of our very Q&A. first screening yeah of, yeah was, and it's those screenings are co-hosted um by by John Davies and Cinema Obscura. Yes. That's what uh, I do. We do it monthly, uh last Wednesday of the month at sixty
0: seven forty. Great. And you've and you've got some stuff coming up that we'll we'll get we'll get into. Yeah. But uh another one of our first one of our earliest guests, uh Nando Herrera. How's it going, man? From the fantastic Comfort Film Program. And uh Nando is also a spectacular photographer. Uh follow Nando over at Analog Vignette. Uh, Nando, what's going on, man?
2: Um uh, not much just uh, enjoying this beautiful fall weather you know that we have <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for uh, having me having us a uh, comfort film uh, unfortunately Raul can't be here because Hope oh, Raul is enjoying the weather in Miami just like Connor is enjoying the weather in
0: LA <laughs> yes uh- uh, he is doing a screening of Chicagoland Shorts mm-hmm. Volume Five, That's is believe. So. Yeah, wow. Volume wow. Five, which is uh, awesome, and with Full Spectrum features, um, which is something that he's he's been involved with Full Spectrum for a while now.
2: Yeah, yeah, he has some really cool programs. He has a really cool program coming up December third that you want to talk about him yes Uh, to talk about with him but um yeah thank you for having us uh come for myself uh
0: yes and uh on the phone actually is uh a new guest someone who has not had the chance to be on this show but i'm very excited to talk to uh paul freitag Frey or sorry paul freitag fay is uh calling in from home what's going on
3: paul Hey, hey Tom, thank you very much for for having me. So, uh, yeah, am um, Paul Freitag Fay, I am the programmer for Release and Abandoned Lost Films of the Home Video Age uh, at uh, Logan Square's historic Comfort Station.
0: Yes, and um I are you also involved with Daily Grindhouse? Is that is that correct?
3: I am, I am. I, I do some writing for, uh, for Daily Grindhouse as well, yeah. Spectacular.
0: And now, since you're new to the program, new to the show, I want to get uh, everybody introduced to you a little bit. You know, you are a connoisseur of these kind of lost films, kind of uh, things that be considered um, obscure, maybe uh, Grindhouse-style stuff, and that's all going to come to play at Comfort Film uh, this October because we are going to see a, a bunch of films uh, for the kind of halloween season you know i find it funny that uh, halloween much like christmas just kind of happens for a full month it's for not sure. just it's not just the week before it's not even just two weeks before it's literally the minute october comes it's it's just halloween season hell i mean it's the end of september right now and i'm already i'm jonesing, i'm ready for it so
2: or if your ministry halloween is every day
0: yes <laughs> oh my god yeah.
2: Uh, you know i
0: he, al jorgensen has been an important figure in my life <laughs> he comes up more often uh than you would ever expect uh, as someone i don't even listen to ministry all that much and yeah yet, i talk about uh al jorgensen on a on a nearly daily basis let's get ministry
1: on the show come dude, on dude, guys let's yeah. do dude, it dude
0: al <laughs> get in here with those with those (laughs) dreads um so uh, paul tell us a little bit about some of the films that we're going to be seeing at comfort film this is going to be starting uh pretty much right away on wednesday october 2nd 8 p.m and it's going to be every wednesday that's correct uh over at comfort film in logan square so uh you're starting off with this film called shockma from (laughs) 1990s am i pronouncing that right paul
3: that that is that is as good a guess as any no it is definitely Shakma and Shakma is a uh a sight to behold it is certainly the the greatest role playing game group versus baboon film uh that i'm i'm aware of uh it was it made uh, made in nineteen ninety actually got a decent theatrical release somehow um but it's it's basically about a bunch of medical students that decide to play a role playing game in a uh in a it, it, in a student building and then a baboon gets loose and starts killing them and roddy mcdowell is in it and christopher atkins uh, amanda wiss from the first nightmare on elm street it's uh, it, it's a bizarre film that uh, that could only exist in a certain time and place wow so <laughs>
0: so this is a role-playing group that's just hanging out doing their thing mm-hmm. and then they get set upon by a baboon
3: Wow. yeah so there's a baboon there's medical treatments involved uh, and basically the role playing group setup is they're communicating via walkie talkies so they're going all around the uh all around the building uh which leads to lots of opportunities for people to split up and uh get murdered by a baboon this is Potentially the greatest
0: thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I, how do you how do you track down a film like this? I mean, do you when you start the process of I'm going to program this whole month over at Comfort Film? What is your starting point? Do you have these backlog of films that you're like, you know, this needs to get uh, shown in front of a large audience, or do you just you know st- start mining uh, the video store? How does how does the whole thing come together?
3: Well, I, I pre- it's pretty much the backlog where I've got like a pretty uh, an infinite number of films i would love to show to people uh and then it's a matter of finding which films can we actually get the the rights to show uh which films would actually be a lot of fun to show in in an audience like this and which films just do not necessarily have an audience uh that that uh, that kind of needs to be expanded upon, needs to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Shockma is interesting because I saw it in high school, like when it first came out, and then it just kind of disappeared for the longest time. Um, but it's recently, it, it's actually been issued on, on Blu-ray, and it's gotten a little bit more of a cult following. Uh, and that's the case with all of the films that I'm going to be showing uh, uh, next month where all of them have been re-released and kind of they're starting to be rediscovered by an audience after being basically, uh, uh, basically abandoned to the VHS wilderness for, uh, for years and years. Why do you think that
0: there's this increased interest in this type of rediscovery? Because I've noticed that more and more kind of boutique uh, releasing houses have popped up over the last few years. Um, many of the films that you guys are showing, uh, I believe, are, are kind of saved and preserved by the American Genre Film Archive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, they, you know, I myself recently got a package from uh, the company Vinegar Syndrome because I decided to, uh, in honor of the new Eddie Murphy movie, uh, my name is, or Dolomite is my name, I picked up Dolomite, I picked up Petey Wheatstraw, Son-in-Law of the Devil, uh, picked up Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, and there's just places popping up that want to save and preserve and re-release these movies so that they can just kind of Be available. That's always the problem. With the death of the video store, many of these movies don't even have shelf space anymore. They've, as you mentioned, just been kind of relegated to VHS hell where maybe some dedicated person who remembers a a film like Shockma might, I don't know, find it or search it out. But now the general public can be like, oh, wow, you know what? I want to see a movie about a bunch of kids getting attacked by a
3: baboon. Uh,
0: so why why do you think this has become such a trend over the last few years?
3: Honestly, I think a lot of it is... Just a lot of these movies are, are very much... Uh uh, they're they're created in this certain time and place, and often it's the '80s. Some of it's a little bit of kind of the '80s nostalgia, but the these films uh, were made and have have uh, something special about them because they're made with this this very sincere uh, viewpoint. They're made by people that genuinely want to these movies to be loved, and they are entertaining, uh, even if they're not necessarily as entertaining in these same ways that they were originally intended. But Having, viewing them 30 years on and being able to kind of view this specific time and place through that lens of these movies, it adds like another dimension to them and just makes them all the more compelling.
0: Absolutely. I want to jump ahead a little bit to a title that I found really interesting, The Soul Tangler, which is going to be <laughs> running on October 23rd. Uh, that's, again, Wednesday, 8 p.m. over at Comfort Film, which you should absolutely be following on uh, on Facebook. The address is 2579 North Milwaukee, again, over in the heart of Logan Square, literally yeah. in the Logan Square.
2: This is a building to, uh, just make, make, making a quick mention of the mm-hmm. space, this is a building that's been around since 1926. And, yeah, the address might be a little bit funny to to find, but it's, yeah, it's the heart of Logan Square. Like, you can't go wrong, like, if you've been to Logan Square, you know the Eagle, which is, like, representative of the neighborhood. We're right in front of the Eagle. We're a stone's throw from the blue line of the Long Square blue line. Yeah, and, and that's where we have our screenings. And yeah, it's a great space for art to be happening. And it's not
0: just film that happens there. There's music. There's other types of art that go on there. So, uh, and we'll hop a little bit more into the, the history of Comfort Station, Comfort Film. But the Soul Tangler. Uh, <laughs> tell tell us a little bit about that, Paul.
3: Well, Soul Tangler is basically... Uh, it, it's a film that the uh, American Genre Film Archive just did a, a complete remastering of. Uh, it's a 16mm film that was released in 1987, and it's kind of a, a low-budget version of Reanimator. Um And when I say low-budget, I mean like... You know, poverty row budget, though it does have some really uh, interesting animatronics and it's, it's pretty gory. Um, it's also got a lot of segments where nothing happens uh, because they originally shot it and it was 62 minutes, but then to release it on video, they needed to add like another 25 minutes to it. Um, so there's a lot of scenes of people talking about stuff, which is It kind of hypnotic in its own way because it's divvied up between these like ridiculously gory, you know, splattery scenes with animatronic brains and wild hallucinations, and it's uh, it 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 certainly is one that uh, that is certainly a product of itself.
0: Yeah, and I like. uh, I'm glad that (laughs) you used Reanimator as as your touch point. Like, I mean, that's not a super high budget movie. Let's be honest, and I love Reanimator. It's, I mean. Uh, it's it's one of my favorites to watch at any time, you know, and especially during the Hollywood sea or Hollywood, the Halloween season. Uh, but, you know, how how did these movies get made? I mean, I, I can't believe that there was such a gold rush during this kind of VHS era where people were just like, yeah, we've got a few thousand bucks. Let's make a movie and maybe people might rent it from Blockbuster. Uh, could you shine some light into that era of the of filmmaking?
3: Well, I mean, there very much was that that need for content when when video stores were around and before Blockbuster kind of started slowly killing all the the independent video stores, uh, there was just this need to get as many titles out there as possible, and that's really where kind of Soul Tangler came in because it was made for about eight thousand eight thousand um, dollars, and it was released a video, and I'm sure it was on store shelves, you know, all across the nation. Um, and it 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 really was kind of just all of these video stores that needed to have product, which they purchased for, you know, dealer cost of 60, 70 bucks a pop, uh, just to, just to be able to have more stock on their shelves, so like once that that boom kind of ended, Soul Tangler was eighty-seven. So this was getting towards the end of the boom. Um, that's kind of when these these low budget uh, low budget horror films really started to to fall by the wayside um, because you know, blockbuster was setting in. They had their own thing going on um and the independent video stores just couldn't afford to to keep buying all these films just to to have stock
0: yeah that's uh something that's really interesting in the in the story of home media as we you know get even deeper into the streaming era where things are really getting kind of ridiculous uh in terms of the number of services that you have to be subscribing to to get what would be considered a good base of uh of content and it's starting to look more and more like cable is returning just under a different name. But I really love the era where the independent video store was a – a way forward for people as a as a business I'm gonna, I'm gonna open it up to everybody here i mean jake when you went to the video store growing up what what was your video place was it a blockbuster hollywood video
1: oh well i'm from burlington vermont so uh no we didn't do blockbuster specifically because my mother is against their politics their politics oh and that's how i grew up so we didn't have dominoes growing up and we didn't have uh we didn't do blockbuster because they supported newt gingrich everyone's on this kick right now i'm like i grew up with this shit this is like this is how (laughs) i grew up yeah my mom's rad uh (laughs) so so where'd you guys go for videos around the corner it just just there was a place around the corner i can't remember what it's called video world or something i tried to get a job there he did not like me (laughs) and then eventually there was this other place called waterfront video which is further away from my home and uh through whatever connections i got a job there and i ended up that was my first job was working in the video store working at the video store
0: (laughs) and how much did that have an effect on your you know development as a as a film fan oh my god everything yeah yeah because uh waterfront was the cool store
1: that's the one that had all of the obscure everything so as you're talking about these movies i'm like has he ever seen marquee that's all i want to (laughs) know have you
3: I have yes. I would (laughs) love to show Marquee. That would be fabulous.
1: Like those are the kinds of movies, um, and all the way up to you know more modern stuff. Like what's the the Believer with Ryan Gosling? Mm -hmm. Like all of these movies, um, we got we ours our store was separated by director, and Mm. our store had Crossroads and Passion of the Christ in the horror section. (laughs) So that's the kind of that was the store. Like we had a reputation. Um, I was nicer than this, but we had a reputation where somebody came up and was like, hey, where's Grease? We'd be like, go look. It's over there. You can find it.
0: That but wow. Like, look for a second you, kind of a thing. So you were nicer, but you guys were like the snobby we video had, store. We
1: absolutely had that reputation. That was not the store that I grew up going to, but that was the one that I worked at. And, um, I'm pretty proud of that. And then when I moved to Chicago uh, recently, I worked at a Blockbuster. So I've yeah. done I've done the whole gamut.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's funny that that is a little bit the the tale of uh, of the video store. It's not unlike the record store where it's like the people who work there know so much about everything and have seen it all. Like they will judge you and everything. But it's almost it, it almost seemed like a, a rite of passage to be like if the video store clerk was like, hey. Nice choice. You know, that sort of thing? Um, (laughs) Well, there was a
1: guy who worked there named Jake, and he had really good taste, named Jake Savio. He was friends with my older siblings. And uh, so me and my friend that I grew up with in high school named Jake would go all... (laughs) Go to the video store and we'd be like, "This dude has really good taste."
0: Yeah, <laughs> just you, always had the good stuff. Would so. You just go grab a Bergman or something off the shelf and be like, "Yeah, I'm I, you know I'm really into Persona," and you're like 15 <laughs> or something like that.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was less that. It was more. Um, I was really into um, a lot of trauma stuff. Yeah. I was kind of rolling that that scene, but just to kind of anything. And then as I got older, it it turned into the Hal Ashby stuff. Okay, and, um, you know, and and we had. The way we did the DVDs, I don't know if this will translate, but we had these, like, flaps with little yellow cards. And then you'd bring the yellow card up to the desk, and we would (coughs) open up a big file cabinet and pull out your disc and give it to you. Right. So I would go through the entire cult flip, you know? I would go through all of Mm -hmm. the... just. uh, There was a director flip, so you'd go Mm -hmm. through, like, you start with your Spielbergs or whatever, and then you kind of go through your De Palmas and your... cassavetes or
2: whatever very nice
0: all right so. nando what about yourself were you were you a video store kid were you mining
2: the uh the yeah. great archives we had a blockbuster right around the corner from where i was living uh actually no before that there was a small record store um, a small video rental store in mexico that i will go with my dad maybe like i want to say every thursday or friday and just like rent maybe like three four movies to watch during the weekend Mm -hmm. that's how I remember um I remember I always wanted to see things like uh uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark but also Temple of Doom which is probably not the most kid-friendly of Indiana Jones movies (laughs) um but yeah and then there was the blockbuster during my teenager years and yeah I mean I can't quite recall at that moment having like a taste of anything yeah just went around browsing So my taste was like either good or bad, depending on what at the time my friends and I went looking for. And I remember like going there late at night one time probably not just once probably a few times with a video camera and just like making reviews of the movies while holding the box without ever watching the movie yeah. just based on the description <laughs> uh, i remember once uh we were making a uh i was like oh let me do one on this movie about the uh uh this um, manson murder uh family murder and it's like no let's not do that no. it's like, well, like if that happened years ago man i don't know why you guys are freaking out over this um but, yeah, I mean uh the blockbuster was was the place, and you know their selection of like art films uh was very small, mm-hmm. as I recall it, but also that's how I got to see uh El Mariachi for the first time, sure, uh, which was like a movie that I still love, also done for like a shoestring budget,
0: yeah, they uh, I think I think Rodriguez shot that for what maybe seven. Seven yeah. thousand dollars. Yeah, the own. book. Yeah, the book. Yeah, how to how to make a, a seven thousand dollars movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and and that's important. There's always those movies that come along when you were in the discovery phase where that book was huge. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I didn't, I, imagine, I didn't mean to I Cut
1: imagine. you off. That book mm-hmm. was huge for me. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and I, I think there's an important thing to to mention uh, is that Nando, you and I are closer, probably closer in age mm-hmm. than uh, Jake's. Jake's a little bit older than us. Paul, I'm, I'm guessing you're a little bit uh, older than us because i'm i'm going on 26 you
2: know? yeah I'm, yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah wait so I, how old are you not 31 31 oh no, never mind 32. you yeah, you're the same, you're the same right. age, so i'm the baby, baby. here oh like, my god you i'm young i feel young and yeah. <laughs> but also there's facets here in chicago which has yeah uh great places it's a great place to like rent dvds oh so totally where I, where I come across some some great uh great numbers
0: and uh odd obsession um, yep. Has has been something that yes. I've I've been so happy to discover, and they're fantastic. Have over you ever there. been
1: to the Syed family video in Rogers oh, Park? Oh
0: my god! I rented a U-Haul from there
1: because I've never <laughs> <'Cause> been inside, <laughs> and I don't know how they stay open. I love them. I'm, oh, they've been there the entire time I've been there.
0: It's the U-Haul rentals. I'm not kidding. Because <laughs> I I I mean I don't mean to get too off task here, but <laughs> I was I was moving out of Rogers Park, and. um We're like, man, we got to get a U-Haul or something. I don't know where there's a U-Haul, and there's this place like you know something like that. Uh, Cause that's is that pretty? Is that farther south? It's like
1: just north of Pratt, right next to. Mm. I I, I think it's right north of uh, the
0: McDonald's right there.
1: it's either right north or right south.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. They. They used to live right there. Yeah, they. Um, I I went and I was just like, oh, they sell uh, or they they do U hauls over at this place, and I go, oh, and it's like an electronics store. Like they also
1: sell TVs
3: <laughs> and stuff. Mm. Like are you that. thinking of
1: minus and Clark? or no?
3: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That of. place yeah, is still open too, and yeah, they
1: rent videos they are. too.
3: They're, yeah, they're, the the Next two the somehow Raven. still remaining video stores within a mile of each other. Yeah. It's so weird. Come yeah.
1: to Rogers. Come up north, guys. Yeah, minus minus video <laughs> is where
0: I got my U haul, and then also rented like I don't know some Nick Cage stuff because I was just like. Nice. You come for the U-Haul, you stay for the selection. (laughs) You're keeping the roof on, Tom. (laughs) Well, I'm happy to. I'm happy to because in in my in my uh, video watching life, you know, I I'm much younger than you guys. I just. Caught the tail end of VHS when it was really kind of legit and everybody was just. I mean, the only thing I was watching was like Disney movies on VHS. I think my first two tapes that I ever had were The Lion King and Star Wars Episode 1, which I watched religiously because that movie. Rules.
3: That's um, <laughs> the
1: main difference between our age and yeah. your age is that we were twelve yeah. when that movie came out, and you were really, really. Young. I was like six or seven. <laughs> so that's I'm the like, difference yeah. between a really good movie and a really disappointing movie.
0: Uh, yeah. But I mean, I got the DVD stuff when it was. It was just like uh, video rentals were still big, but we were getting into you know better quality. Everything was pretty much mainstream. You weren't going to get a lot of weird stuff on dvd uh which resulted in me i i was i was one of the kids that i would rent the same movie over and over and over and over again there was actually like a month month and a half period where me and my younger brother kieran would literally rent too fast too furious every single week <laughs> john singleton and, yeah. yeah and I, I think i think i loved i think that's the reason i was just like man you know i love john singleton he's
1: a real good director he yeah. should do something else yeah I, <laughs>
0: I, I did. I did go back and watch like uh, Boys in the Hood. I'm sure. like, man, this guy's a fucking genius. I mean, R.I.P. Shaft. Man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The the because he did the Shaft remake with uh, Christian Samuel Bale Jackson, as the yeah. bad guy too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Oh
1: my god, it's beautiful.
0: But uh, I mean, uh, just <laughs> to bring it all around, this this taste making of the of the video rental store is is so important to multiple generations of people you know it's it really is because that was how it was a way to get out of your own head and just kind of go with like yeah this cover looks kind of cool like chopping Mm -hmm. I would have never seen Mm -hmm. a chopping mall if we hadn't been like really naughty be like yeah we're gonna go over to you know we're gonna get the VHS player working we're gonna get chopping mall it looks so crazy what's this all about and I loved it so I'm really glad that uh, Comfort Film is bringing this all here and uh, is it Nando, you can probably speak to this. These are all from the American genre film archive or just a couple of them?
2: Uh, I believe and then Paul can also like second that I believe these were selections that Paul had fa- had found and then the American Film Archives had the rights for, so we were able to like pay for them too. Is, is that, that true, Paul?
3: That yeah, that's it. Soul Tangler is the only one that's actually an officially an American genre film archive title. Um but the others are also the American Genre of Film Archive has uh, rights to a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. So they're they're kind of the people to go through. It's also
2: a really cool blog and like place to find like titles. I remember when Roe was tracking down some other stuff. Uh, he was that's where he was going to try to find like who had the rights or if someone else had shown it, where they had been tracking the rights. It's a community, you know. At the end of it, it's it's a community too. Uh, that's yeah. how it started.
0: And now I. How how involved are are they involved at all with like Alamo Draft House and those guys or Mm -hmm. at all I don't know because I feel like that's how I originally heard about them I was at Alamo I was at Alamo Draft House in Austin. And I I was the only time I've ever been to Austin. Uh my girlfriend was there for a psychology conference and she's like, Hey, I gotta go do actual work. You just r- do whatever. I'll I'll see you at six. Like I so,
1: remember when you went on that trip. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> I was very I li-
1: specific memories of this trip for
0: you. And I literally just walked around <laughs> Austin and it was a really cool place. And I was like, you know what? I really gotta go to the Alamo Draft House. All I ever heard about was Alamo Draft House, Alamo Draft House. So I made my way over there and uh they had I, I saw. The, I remember seeing distinctly the logo for the American Genre Film Archive, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What is this? Like, this sounds really cool." And I started learning more that about fake, it. like
2: like article, like yeah, yeah. And I
0: love it. And it, it's very representative of the movies they had. And I was they had some titles in the Draft House, you know. And I was like, "Wow, what the hell is all of this?" So it's it's really it's really uh, heartening to know that there's uh, a, a an organization of people out there and people like. Yourself, Paul, who are are mining the uh, great g- genre cinematic past of <laughs> of these United States, because um, I mean, who doesn't want to watch Blood Lake? You know, let's <laughs> let's be
3: real here. Well, you, uh, you haven't seen Blood Lake, so I grant no promises on that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's also Alien. Alien Sun is the sixteen or.
3: Alien Zone or House of the Dead? I, I, House of the Dead is a more accurate title because it does not actually contain aliens, but it was released under the title Alien Zone for reasons unknown to anyone. It must have been really um, weird for everybody who went to go see it They'd be like, "Wow, this is definitely not
0: not what I expected." I can exactly. think of
1: two things wrong with this title. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, so I'll, I'll give you I'll give a rundown here of all the all the Halloween screenings coming up. Um, so October second, as we mentioned, Sha- Shakama, mm-hmm. uh, Blood Lake on the ninth, uh, on October sixteenth, House of the Dead, aka Alien Zone, and uh, the twenty third, the Soul Tangler. Um, all of this uh, expertly curated, uh, and and Paul, I really, I really can't thank you enough for joining us. We really appreciate it, man.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
0: All right, we'll see. We'll see you out there, Paul. Uh, it's it's going to be a great time. That's every Wednesday, uh, mm-hmm. starting in October, eight p.m. over at Comfort Film. Uh, the Comfort Station is located at twenty five seventy nine North Milwaukee. But the best way to uh, to see it is uh, just look for the the big eagle um, in the center of Logan Square. Mm-hmm. It's it's iconic. And it's just it's it looks like a house. It just kind of looks like a, a house. It's A
2: little house. It's, it's a very um um, cozy place not very warm during the no. winter months <laughs> but yeah very cozy and I should also point out the fact that uh, Paul does this throughout the month of October but he's with us uh, the last Wednesday of each month he, he does this thing called Release and Abandon and he's been doing it is it like three, four years Paul? I think yeah, I think four years, I and mean, this is my fourth year, yeah, and he brings like movies from his collection, again, like you know he's this amazing guy that knows that has this great collection, this great knowledge of all these films, and he's, bro- he's brought films all throughout the summer so like this is his whole month, and then you're still going to do one more in November, uh, I believe Paul.
3: Yeah, there's one in uh 1 in November and I think there's one in December cuz I know one night and I don't have it in front of me. Uh we're doing um I woke up early the day I died, which has never had any release at all in the US and it's uh based on a screenplay by Ed Wood. Uh and it stars uh, uh stars Billy Zane and has no dialogue and it is amazing.
1: What year is that?
3: 1997, 98. Post Phantom that's also like Titanic era because Titanic it was like, it oh is. my he god would have, he would have done this like right after Titanic he took his
1: Titanic money and <laughs> made this film
2: oh you guys missed <laughs> the Beaver Trilogy the Beaver Trilogy oh I was, love the
1: Beaver Trilogy yeah it was amazing oh yeah uh, that's oh my god that's yeah. fun
0: well, well Paul we'll have to have you back on to talk genre a film again I reference in
1: my first I love movie. that it's <laughs> really <laughs> hidden <laughs> alright
0: uh, I'll w- see
3: you Wednesday Paul alright thanks seeing see you everyone
0: alright bye bye Okay. Nice. So uh we'll we'll continue on here. Thanks again to Paul for a Lovely gentleman. I know. The guy the guy knows I and he and I have had the opportunity to meet before uh, in person at Comfort Film. Um he, he's an amazing guy and you want to check him out. I gotta uh, get my
1: ass over there. I gotta yeah. get my ass over to Logan.
0: All right, let's continue on here. Let's let's jump a little bit into um the the history of comfort uh, station, because mm-hmm. I want people to know just a, just a little bit about how what the this the significance of the structure itself. So th- there used to be a Chicago what, trolley trolley car system yes. in in place instead, of bef- way before the L, way before um, that the robust train system that we used to have. And Comfort Station was literally quite that. It was a place where people could sit and wait for the trolley or hang out, take a break from from the commute.
2: Yes. So when when that, that was the uh, established, uh, the the driving uh, um, public system transportation, the public transportation for Chicago was the trolley system, uh, the way the comfort station is built, uh, the, the structure with the facade, there were several dozens of buildings all throughout the city. Uh, which were stops. They basically were like the stops between the neighborhoods. And um, there were dozens of buildings all over the city that looked like that. Uh, at some point when the city started going through its change, it started becoming more urbanized, and it was no longer like the small like, towns and communities that composed the city. It, mm-hmm. it started to look like a city, like a unified city. All these buildings began to tore down. And right now, there's only two buildings standing in in the Chicagoland area. That one, and then there's one in Oak Park. But the one in Oak Park is boarded up. And this one, which was like right in the center of Logan Square, uh, had been used as a storage facility for, uh, I don't know, quite a few decades. And then, yeah, in 2000, I want to say 2011, the the community had this idea of like, well, maybe it should um, have a a purpose as a staple in the community. So it became... uh, it first started as an art gallery, and what was really curious was that the first artist uh, was Jordan Martins, and mm-hmm. then he's, he started bringing people in for with music to see his show on Thursdays. And, you know, now we're, what, almost uh, nine years later, Jordan is now the artistic director and has been the artistic director wow. of the station Uh, And thanks to him playing music on Thursdays to bring people in, we now have uh, Comfort Music on every Thursday. That's also been going on for like nine years. And the film series, which
0: is now there for eight years. And and something worth mentioning is that this is all
2: totally free yes um, uh all our programming is free of cost uh all of our programming is uh, run by volunteers like raul and myself and also with the assistance of other people as is uh emily uh and matt who are also part of comfort film and have mm-hmm. been for the last uh three years two years mm-hmm. so yeah everything that we do in there is just like base of a, of a community of people who want to uh Provide a space who want to create, who want to showcase uh, other people's work, and then you know once once I think it's once you have been welcomed into that that space, you have the need of like I I, I can do this for other people. Give it right. back. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and
0: you know it has paid off incredibly because uh, for anybody who reads New City, you guys have made the 3 threepeat three years of being on New City's fifty film people. I mean that's that's massive, Nando. And Thank and and honestly, you and Raul and the whole Comfort Film team deserve it. Um I I cannot a- express the importance of having these free community events where people can come together and and just engage in something, you know, whether it's film, whether it's music, whether it's other types of art. It's an incredible thing to have right in the center of Logan Square, which is a neighborhood that has changed quite a bit over the last, you know, decade or so. Um, you know, there it's a it's changed so much, and people, you know, have come into the community, have left the community, and there's it's undergoing a lot of things. And I feel like Comfort Film is a way for people to say, "Hey, let's be part of Logan Square. Let's engage in something that's." You know, already here, and something that is representative of this community. Um, do you Do you guys feel that sort of community response? Are people showing up, showing out for this?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's programs that that are specifically created with with the purpose of showcasing what the community in Chicago in general has. Um, like, it's great when we're able to have programs that that like uh, cater to a specific community or like specific genre or like general loving mm-hmm. uh, audience. But, yeah, in general, like, the programming of the conference station has, has gone way out to, like, you know, to cater to the, the entire community. Uh, just the, this month of September, we had the uh, – uh, what's called the Power Project, which is created by uh, a group of artists of color who are all in Chicago. And then the month before that, we had – for the, uh, what, what was it? Uh so August yeah august mm-hmm. uh was an exchange was called um close to the Puerto de, La and that was uh Jordan martin's program. It was a cultural exchange between artists from Salvador in Brazil who came to Chicago and artists from Chicago who are gonna go to Salvador in Brazil next year that's awesome and that was done uh with a Macarthur grant uh which again, I think you should talk to Ro about his screening uh we were talking about like uh loving films that are specific to a genre and then there's this um need to preserve them. Raul, uh, I wish he were here to tell you, but he has this really cool program coming up December 3rd. Yes, uh, yes, we've talked about this. Yes. Go ahead, yeah. He's going to bring to El Santo, which was a luchador... Um, uh, a wrestler who was also an actor, a a great, famous, big movie star in Mexico. Uh, His car, his career expanded for like 30 years. He made, I don't know, he made dozens of films. He's going to bring two that are remastered, that have a 4k remaster, uh, with this, uh, that are, uh, curated by this woman, uh, restore by this woman named mm-hmm. uh, viviana garcia and yeah they're gonna have them here uh september 3rd at the music september 3rd december 3rd, yeah, december 3rd, 3rd yeah. at the music box yeah that's i i'm yeah. very
0: much looking forward to that because it combines um two of my favorite things foreign film and lucha yeah. uh <laughs> you know i'm a i'm a big wrestling fan i love wrestling and i love when it can it when when people recognize it for the art that it is and and it's an opportunity to again see something that would be something that was popular outside of the us like what is what is pop culture outside of the us this is your opportunity to find yeah. out and um I mean, again, comfort film is a spectacular program. You guys are doing a great job. Is is there a way for people to contribute, or, or other other than volunteering time? Is there a way that uh, people can financially contribute to help, you know,
2: with uh, any sort of operating costs that go along guess, with it? So, like I said, all of our program all of our programs are free, but we do have a donation box uh, mm-hmm. that people can, you know, they, can done it, what, whatever they, they feel like whatever their hearts and their, their wallets can mm-hmm. um, but we also do a yearly fundraiser uh, which I believe happened already mm-hmm. uh, it's like a small dinner that we have uh, in a restaurant close by in, not a restaurant yeah a restaurant bar close mm-hmm. by in, in Logan Square um, but also I believe that on the website on comfort station LoganSquare.org. Uh, there's a donate button, so Spectacular. people can donate. But yeah, I mean, just showing up that that helps us know that you know that, that we are in fact doing something that people um, of course. want to see. That that works really great. Um, but yeah, our programming is free. But if people can contribute, that's that's great. Yeah. Well, if you can, and uh,
0: obviously, you know, um, you know, it's tough. It's it's tough times out there you know, for for folks, and, uh, you know, enjoy the free programming because it's there for you Mm -hmm. um, so you can, you know, take a break, get away for a while, watch watch a movie, man.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'll make you feel good. Watch a movie, and... um, I should also point out real quick uh, that October... Twelve and the thirteen yes, that's Saturday, October 12th and uh, Sunday October the thirteenth we're gonna have uh, mental filmness, which is the first festival uh, whose core mission is to like showcase films to talk about mental oh my gosh, health. Wow. Uh, that's going to be on Saturday, the 12th, from 3 to 9, and okay. then on Sunday, the 13th, from 2 to 9. What a range. What a
0: range of programming you guys have. Mm-hmm. It's it's spectacular. I think even, I don't know if it was this past year or earlier this year, um, you guys were part of a, a First Nations film festival as well. You were part you Yeah, know, those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. incredible. I In-
2: think... That may happen again
0: to uh,
2: later in, in November.
0: Well, I hope so. I really hope so because um, where else are you going to see this? There's not a uh, not a lot of other places you're going to see this. And if you're feeling the superhero fatigue, you know, if you're feeling the the big blockbuster fatigue, like I am, like I watched, I can't believe it. I sat down and I watched Rambo: Last Blood, oh. which is potentially one of the most despicable movies ever made. In a, in a in an honest way, will was I entertained at times? Yes, but after I walked out of it, I was like wow, I feel kind of sick. Um, and it's not because of the violence. It's because of the, not the what of the movie, but the why of the movie.
2: <laughs> the thematics behind it is problematic. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's,
0: it's incredibly hateful towards um, Mexicans, essentially. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, it's, it's pretty much the, it's Bad Hombres the movie, and it's disgusting. It's like that sort of point of view that like the only people that come out of uh, anywhere south of the border are sex traffickers and things like that. And that's not to minimize the fact that sex trafficking goes on, but most of it happens yeah. in the US. <laughs> so, <laughs> you
1: know, I've never seen a Rambo movie. You've never seen any of them? No, okay. I haven't. The last one that came out that was really bloody in 2006? Uh, 2008. 2008, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, where did that take place? Burma. Burma?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Well, I was talking to Nate Waters, who's a filmmaker in Chicago here. Um, Who's been on the show and he was talking about the new one and he kind of brought up this point that was like all of the Rambo movies, maybe minus the first one, come out when America has this crazy xenophobic
0: thing going on. So 2008
1: is like this kind of right before or right as Obama's running. Yeah. And, um, I don't know the other ones,
0: but it's all about killing commies, right? Well, I mean, the first one, the first one is a legitimately great movie. First Blood is a legitimately great movie about, uh, the angst of, of Vietnam veterans and also, and, uh, post traumatic stress. And also, it comes
1: from a real place. It comes from a real Mm -hmm.
0: place. It's based on a novel. It's based on the novel called First Blood, which deals with the way that vets were treated coming back to the States and, um, kind of like the overreach of law enforcement because essentially the setup is rambo's a, a more or less a, he's a veteran and he's just kind of drifting he's trying to f- he's trying to find uh one of the people that he served with and they passed away from cancer due to um like uh agent orange and, sure. and napalm and stuff like that which many people did um and as he's moving through town the cops are like trying to get him to leave like hey you can't be here man like oh yeah just this kind of folksy bs where they're just like you know which way to town back the way you came you know sure. that sort of the mentality so it's a legitimately great movie but then when you get to uh, for, <laughs> and th- this series has probably one of the weirdest naming conventions because sure. uh, it goes from first blood to Rambo first Blood part two, mm-hmm. which takes place in in Vietnam ostensibly and it's kind of like uh, you know do we get to they get to win the war this time like they go, he goes back and he saves pow's he retcons vietnam more or less <laughs> and he goes and saves pow's it's directed by the great george p Cosmatos, um who and it's 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 fun it's problematic but it's fun and uh, it uh, seems like all of them are pretty much problematic well especially you when you them. get to rambo three.
1: <laughs> Third blood yeah mm-hmm.
0: rambo three which is uh deals with the russian invasion of afghanistan and is literally dedicated to the and i'm not kidding this is the title card dedicated to the brave fighters of the mujahideen
1: yeah
0: who would eventually some of them mm. would would go on to form al-qaeda which has not aged well uh in american history but it, back then america did support the Mujah, mujahideen yeah. It's the whole you know, charlie
1: wilson's war thing. yeah charlie wilson's mm. war thing
0: um but way off um but yeah. The Rambo episode is the supposed Rambo. to be next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did but think out of all uh, you know, we can shit on it, that's fine. Uh Rambo Last Blood is one of the best titles of the year. Just mm. I'm oh, so yeah. when they announced it, I was like, brilliant, I hope it's done. Uh, it's not doing very well at my theater. No. It's doing a, you know, well. But when mad. Tom came, he came to my theater uh, at the New 400, and it was an event apparently because everyone was talking about how Tom came to see Rambo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
1: So That's everyone just... was
0: very very happy to see Tom. I know it was great. I had a great time. Uh, it's, uh, outside of the movie. Uh, the movie was <laughs> not good. But uh, speaking of the 400, let's talk about 6740 micro. So cool. this is this is new. This is something that you've been working on for a really long time. Uh, it's, it's it's been talked. Slow. Burn. Yeah. I mean setting up a micro cinema as, it's, as, no, it's a
2: task right exactly but I mean all the power to you
1: thanks That's yeah great. no it's it's yeah. hard because it's a it's not a um like a less of a community thing it is a community thing, but it we're a for profit business you right. know what I mean like yeah. so we're trying. it's a different that sets us off on such an interesting <laughs> well i road. Mean, i didn't mean to be like that but, <laughs> but it it's, it's a different kind of way to yeah. to address what's going on, so right. I've just been trying to figure out. The to you know I got to make my bosses happy, but I also like have a real specific kind of a way. I've been in the community long enough to know how I want to do things. So it's about pleasing the mm-hmm. two. You and know? and
0: it's it's important to note that uh, depending on where these sorts of things pop up. I mean there there are actually quite a few micro cinemas here in the city of Chicago. You've got places like Comfort Comfort Station, uh, the Nightingale Cinema, mm-hmm. uh, Film Front. Film Front
1: is Borealis still up? Uh, do you guys know Borealis at all? I do not I,
2: I, I know there were screenings But I haven't seen them popped up okay. like I went to one places. screening yeah. One of James Bond's it, uh,
1: We can talk about some other time It was the best screening I ever went to It was a magical thing Where I felt like they opened up a door In Logan Square And I walked into a magic room And then it disappeared forever
2: Well I mean cause So it was
1: pretty it's, Yeah uh, well, well. No. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's 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 uh yeah, he's he's a really cool guy. He knows yeah. he knows his stuff. And I mean he was the one that prepared another space. Um Chicago Filmmakers, which right, also of course it's like up up there. Right. Um
0: Well and and the thing is is that it pops up in different communities and each one is slightly different and and um, in and, and catering to who is around them and everything like that. And obviously, not every mic, you know, it's great if you can operate non for profit. I think that's always, um, a great goal because it does open things up to you, like receiving grant money to do right. what you want to do. And also, um, it frees you from certain constraints of, of capital and that yeah. sort of thing. But at the same time, in the case of micro, where you're situated and the deal that you were able to carve out. Is it? It it is what it is. You know, you you can't be expected to suddenly make um, the owner of a of a building just be like, yeah, sure, you can operate a (laughs) do whatever you want, do whatever you want, operate (laughs) a totally non for profit thing. Let's not make any money. To
1: be fair, it's very very close to do whatever you want. I got to give uh, Tony and Hillary credit that it is about as close to do whatever you want. As a business can allow. And sure. they're letting me experiment nice. and do a long con kind of a thing where it's like, we're trying to rent out the space. I think it's a really reasonable space to rent. We have um, a projector. It's it's like the old uh, Chicago filmmakers. Um, I used mm-hmm. to work there uh, before mm-hmm. they moved into the firehouse. I worked at Chicago filmmakers for a while um, on Clark Street. And what I loved about that space was that it was this upstairs event space that's half a screening area but half you can set up I used to do art projects and we had a band there mm. kind of similar to, mm-hmm. to comfort where uh, you can you can have a party there it's not just like going to a movie theater you sit down you eat your popcorn you get up you leave uh, which I've had screenings at movie theaters that felt like that where I'm yeah. like let's why aren't we partying guys and it's like because you leave after a movie mm-hmm. but uh, you're with microspaces you can kind of make it a little bit more um, eventful like that
0: yeah and I think there there's an important uh there's an important reason for that and it's because the 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 film viewing experience has really become uh increasingly disposable mm.
2: in a lot of ways yeah.
0: i think uh what what you're mentioning there in terms of you go you watch a movie you get, you get eat your popcorn and you leave uh there's less it's less of a an event to go to a movie i know um and this i mean this is going to come off as nostalgia of because it always does because but when i was growing up when we got to go to a movie it wasn't just going to a you were going to a movie like you called everybody we're going to this movie sure. we're going to go you know uh, we're gonna get there a little early just so we can watch the trailers and all and, you know play the movie trivia because it's you know it's there's a level, level of, of that there's a level of that
1: it's just it's harder on an independent level when you're throwing your own show mm-hmm. and you rented out a theater to show your movie and you invited all your friends and uh and then they come they watch it and they leave the best part of uh, what I will say about that is that when we used to do shows like that there was an intermission and we used to throw an intermission in the middle of scrapers and it was twenty minutes long and everyone would like get drinks or smoke cigarettes and like yeah. it was a really that's a really fun thing to do in the middle mm-hmm. of a show like that but also scrapers ain't short and that would make the show a pretty decent length yeah
2: so, it's, I think it's also things. like it has to do with how as a culture we consume like certain experiences sure. like if if you're someone who wants to go see a movie you're gonna go kind of like with the mentality of like I'm gonna go see a movie and then you you meet the people you're gonna go see it and you talk about it and then you go see it and then you go out and you you talk about it if it's kind of like a a thing that you do to like kill time for like a date then that's not the purpose that's just like a thing in the process of it sure Uh, but yeah also there's like the difficult thing of like when you're running your own screening Uh, if people come with this idea to like party sometimes it's difficult if you also have to like manage the logistics of it like you're responsible for like you know making sure there's like from everything to like is the projector running properly and do we have the right you know ratio to like Mm -hmm. is there toilet paper and to the I need to pick up chairs at the end of the night so sometimes it's it's a task too so like that's why like I know how difficult it can be to like try to run a series or like a Mm -hmm. micro cinema and keep it going yeah it's so, it's
1: fun as hell but yeah. it is work you know it's one of those things where it's like I better have fun cleaning the space for the next hour and a <laughs> half yeah. and I did you know I cleaned up yeah. the space for we just did a rendezvous in Chicago right yeah so uh, sometimes
2: people want to stick yeah. around and they're picking up chairs so they're talking to you were, about the movie yeah
1: we we have had wonderful wonderful shows so far we yeah. do it with John Davies cinema obscura and uh, that's once a month Um, and and so far it's just been really lovely Actually, like uh, when we did uh, clean sheets, my my second film, uh, my mom was there and she said she was concerned because so many men kept walking in. Uh and she thought it was gonna be this loud, boisterous kind of a show and she's like, Everyone was so
0: quiet. Oh yeah, we were so
1: sweet and <laughs> we, quiet. We
0: were very quiet. We were just like <laughs> totally consuming. That was my uh birthday party. Uh, yeah. Nice. And it was it was great. And uh I wanna mention um uh, make sure to mention, um you've been submitting clean sheets to festivals. Mm-hmm. It has appeared in a festival recently, correct? Or uh, is yet to appear It wasn't screened But it won an award Okay And it won an award Thank For best you. cast Yeah best nice cast I'm really proud of that I forgot what, it was, what is your character's name Greasy Dubois <laughs> Greasy Dubois <laughs> Nice Boy do I love Greasy Dubois <laughs> But that entire the entire cast Is incredible And I actually Enjoy, just saw joy. I just saw Dakota In a movie Dakota's
1: on Netflix Dakota's
0: on Netflix Yeah watch uh, Love Shot guys it's, What's Dakota's last name again Dakota
1: Loesch Dakota Loesch He Loche, is yeah. a superstar I can't say enough about him. Like if we start talking about clean sheets, I can talk about that shit for six <laughs> hours. I can talk about it forever, but Dakota is killing it out there. And, um, finally, you know, he's on Netflix and, and people have just been, people call me up They're like, "Oh, my mom and my friends are just like, Oh, I'm watching Dakota on Netflix. That's nice. so and cool. We're really so proud cool. of him. And he's super, super supportive of everything. If yeah. we, if there's anything that goes on, I let him know. And then he's immediately posting about it and stuff. Right.
0: so, with, with um, all of our, you know, both uh, learned and also, in our case, professional experience with the greater movie industry, and the, specifically the exhibition of those films, is the the world of the micro cinema, is this the way forward to get people out to go watch movies again and the reason i say that is because top of the show i did mention that we're getting into the deep into the streaming era and the reasons to leave the house to go see a movie are really starting to get like thin i'm Mm -hmm. and and i say this as someone who loves going to the movies i have no greater joy at times to just sit in my house because now I can order these genre films on Amazon, basically. They'll sure. arrive to my house in two days. Pristine Blu ray quality. Amazon Prime also Amazon Prime
1: has like a very deep archive very of like deep. very crazy obscure movies. I watched
0: I watched a movie called Revolver the other day. Um, because it had because uh, Inglorious Bastards used the theme from the movie in it, and go. I was just like, "Well, I want to see the movie." This, is but like a you know, random movie from 1973, like a cop drama. Yeah, they just have decades of material but on on there alone. I can know? get pretty much any movie I want, pretty pretty quickly if I wanted physically or just digitally. Um, so it's really starting to wear thin. To get out get off my ass and go to the movies so the the, bringing it back around um is creating these smaller experiences the best way to handle this increasing apathy uh for going to the movies so i'll Mm -hmm. you know the floor is open um i
1: it's fun. This is the thing. I get anxious whenever I have to run these shows because you get a certain amount of anxiety. You get nervous before a show, mm-hmm. but then every time it happens, I'm like, "Oh man, I love doing this." Like I, I, that's my favorite part of 6740 right now is that I used to run shows at Chicago Filmmakers every week, multiple times a week, and I love doing it. I just like showing movies with a small audience. Then whatever happens happens, whether they leave or whether we talk. Um, I think it's important to remember, as you know, I work at a movie theater. I've been working at this like a, a mainstream movie theater for uh upwards of six years now. And um this year has been particularly lame. Mm-hmm. Like I hate to be like that, but um two movies performed better than we thought it would. Us and Hustlers. Mm-hmm. And they're great movies but Mm -hmm. also, like, everything else. Whether it did well, Avengers did well, it did not perform like I wanted it to. Nothing performed like I wanted it to. It Chapter 2 did not perform like I wanted it to. We still have Frozen 2 coming out. We still have uh, uh, Star Wars wrapping up pretty soon. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's hard. We need to... Once we get through We're ending a bunch of stories I think once we get through To the next section It might be more fun To go back to the movies Like a mainstream theater I know Mm -hmm. that's not the point Of what we're talking about uh, But that's just something It's kind of in the context Of what is happening That being said uh, Independent shows are fun Because they're usually Your buddies and, mm-hmm. and and it's fun to be like, you get people all over Logan Square. I get people all over Rogers Park. And I've mm-hmm. been doing these shows uh, in Rogers Park for a half a year now. And the, the audience is almost never the same. So it's very, it's a lot of fun and interesting. But it's one of those things where um, you have to really want to see it. Otherwise, you're just not going to do it.
0: Yeah. There's no like, I'm just going to walk in off the street to this micro cinema. because Rare. And, yeah. It, it'd be pretty rare because it is like... It's like kind of like a little secret, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh yeah, we're gonna go to the. Mi-. How
2: and does
1: comfort? How does comfort film do with walk-ins and
0: stuff like that?
2: Um, it's funny because we have peop- we have people that walk in. Again, the space is only open for a few hours during specific days, so it's funny when we have people walk in. It's like, oh, I've been here. I've been living here in this neighborhood for like a year, or like I just moved in. They didn't know this place was open. Right. So it's funny. We 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 do okay with walk-ins. Uh, for the most part, it seems like there's perhaps what we're talking about we we get that like we get like three friends that show up together to see you know a movie or, like if we're showing something that like someone made like it's like oh mm. my three friends that I haven't seen or like my two friends that I haven't seen in a while are coming over to like watch this for the first time with me it's just like yeah. oh that's great we yeah. provided that that opportunity for that connection again yeah
0: um, I but. mean and it's, it's a great thing because then people can feel like they have a cult you know as yeah. as as you know, the, the internet is kind of like where subculture has gone to live now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really live in a real world anymore. Um, I, I mean, obviously it's there, you know, subcultures are existing, but, um, things have moved online most communities that would be talking about you know, the people back in like the 80s who'd be sitting around a bar or a coffee shop just talking about like man have you seen this this is the craziest thing they you know they're talking they're conversing having these conversations like yeah. oh yeah i got this i got this random vhs from uh guadalajara and and it's crazy this movie that's never been seen inside the u.s and they come together and they might watch it or they'll like hang out in a bar and, and talk about it. All that kind of conversation has moved online, mm-hmm. and which is great in a way because it allows you to um, erase the the problems of location. And simply uh, engage with a greater community on a on a global it's, scale. At times, yeah. it's
1: increased quantity.
0: It's increased quantity. Like you can watch more, and you can talk more, and you can get far more uh, uh, points of view. But I do miss. I don't. I don't want to call it quality because the quality of conversations online can be just as good as anything right. in person. But I do like the idea of physically going to a space and physically looking at people and having the conversations cuz i i would say my quality of conversations about film uh increases when i'm with someone and sure. we've just sat down and watched it together in real time and i know that we've had a similar experience you know similar experience uh outside of whatever is going on inside our heads when we watch a thing sure yeah. it's like, like clean sheets was great i loved sitting down Thank and watching you. clean sheets and there was there was so much to I mean I think I think I had to pretty much jet right after sure. but what I wouldn't have given to be able to sit and just talk about clean sheets and how I felt about it and how other people felt about
1: it. Well, hopefully I'm sure there'll be time in the future to do
2: that. Yeah. Also like to kind of address your question which is it was like two I, I I think about it as like two separate parts of like, you know, are this uh like the going out to see a movie and are this microcinemas like mm-hmm. the the answer. Um it's like a two-part kind of question because I think that's that's always been for like at least the last what like 60 70 years like the idea of trying to get people to come to go out to see a movie has been like a thing where like the TV industry had to fight yeah. and that's how it got this this big and robustus kind of like uh productions that I ended up having mm-hmm. um so that that's one of the things like you know you can just stay home and watch all the all the releases that like today you can probably stay home and watch all the releases from the summer from mm-hmm. like the comfort of your house mm-hmm. right uh, because it, you you know that regardless of when, when you go see them at the movie theater if you stay at home they're gonna just provide you like two hours of entertainment but they're not gonna leave you with the the necessity to want to talk about them sure. right while the micro the micro cinemas the spaces the DIY spaces uh, to me it works like it feels like the way uh how shows feel for music cuz I, I go yeah. to a lot of uh, music shows as well and it's also like a small community um it's funny because we we talk about we look back at like movements that happened maybe like 30 40 80 years ago in like art and music yeah. and we can identify everybody who was part of that group whether it was like you know visual arts or music or or film um but it, that doesn't really happen like nowadays. Like you know, the film community doesn't really talk a lot with like the music community that's happening in Chicago. That's really small. Yeah, yeah. I wonder
1: about that though because mm-hmm. I I think about that a lot and I wonder if it's more of a a 2020 thing. If it's more of a when we're old and mm-hmm. we think about Chicago in 2019, I'm gonna think about oh, pretty much the people that you have on this show. You yeah, know what I well, mean? and like that's, that's and in Chicago's funny because we all yeah. know the Chicago thing of mm-hmm. like we are a beautiful archipelago. We are a bunch of islands that are in the same area that we we jump around to sometimes, but we pretty much we do our thing, you know. Yeah, and there, uh, there's
0: a certain amount still. Well, even though the city is and i mean we uh, we i mean we could go into uh issues of of segregation as well which i f- firmly believe is still happening mm-hmm. but um even as the city is more coherently chicago i mean i, I really like when we were talking about the history of of comfort station was um it was really like a, a series of smaller towns really that just happened to be formally incorporated as a city but mm-hmm. um over the last you know let's say 50 years Um, it's just gotten increasingly more Chicago is one place, but, um, I think rooted into the DNA of anybody who spends any significant amount of time here, whether they grow up here or whether they're a transplant, they, they wind up here and they just stay, um, or in my case, like, I'm from, you know, I kind of always had kind of one foot in the door because uh, my, my mom grew up here, but I, I was raised in the suburbs, but, you know, that sort of thing. But it's, it's in, it becomes ingrained in the DNA that when you tell someone where you live in Chicago, it communicates a certain attitude and it's become more minute as as people are more more freely move about the city and the city has become slightly more homogenized but still like when someone says hey i'm from rogers park i know what you're probably like Or or what kind of person You are And it's it's never negative Honestly No I'm Rogers is
1: like Really special Because we really I feel like we try And keep that
0: shit Like it, really, it really hard is. Really trying the, <laughs> the Rogers Park I, I uh, wanted pride. to ask Nando have you,
1: have you
2: ever <laughs> s- spent Any significant time In Rogers Park Yeah, like, was, yeah. yeah
1: We were talking about that yeah. Yeah. We were
2: talking about it Like I lived there For like a year and a half-ish At some point no, It's I was a little south, south of Devon Oh yeah. a little south of Granville. Devon Oh yeah. my god It's a place man
1: We love each other It's a beautiful Beautiful thing But it's so specific Pacific. It's, it's, it's yeah. funny. And the same for Logan Square yep. as well.
2: I've, um, yeah. I've stayed on the north side for the most part, but I stayed on like the uh, the working rough parts of the north side yeah. like, between Hermosa <laughs> and Humboldt Park yeah, which I yeah. love on Park right further now.
1: Further out yeah. in the city you go.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but I, and, and I've always been, since I came to uh, Chicago, and I came to Chicago to go to school. I went to Loyola so Rogers Park will, will always be my neighborhood even though I don't lo- live there anymore. I spent years there both on the student side and yeah. learning how how stupid I was and how ignorant I was and then actually becoming more ingrained in the community afterwards and sticking around but um like I've always been if someone were to ask me like what's your Chicago experience it's just lake <laughs> like I I mean I live literally yeah. right by um hmm. Montrose Beach now I'm always north side and lake like yeah. you know right right there um and that says it says a certain thing. Like people would be like, "Yeah, you're <laughs> you're a white man in your twenties. Uh-huh. You probably are sticking on the red line next to the lake, aren't you, buddy?" <laughs> like, and I get that. I understand that. You know, I I can understand why someone would hold that opinion. But, um, you know this this idea that the different neighborhoods have uh, a different attitude and want to engage in their culture in different ways is really awesome i really really love it in rogers park the micro cinema in rogers park should be different from a micro cinema in logan square because everybody's got something different to say yeah and different mm-hmm. filmmakers are existing in different spaces
1: well i always wanted there to be a you guys got the blue line i got the red line yeah. or we got the you know what i mean like yeah. i always but like who's the idea got the purple <laughs> line you
0: know that's film, my question
2: yeah, Filmfront has yeah. the pink line so yeah <laughs> <Which> they're <laughs> yeah. they're all over the place so uh, I but guess we can all share every line. Yeah, it's all I mean, Chicago. Yeah. It that, you know what yeah. I mean. And but hopefully, like, it's it's an idea of like building a community. Yeah. You know, but
1: that's what we were talking about. It's a pain yeah. in the ass to to get from Rogers Park to Logan Square. We do yeah. it. You can, but like you can do it.
2: But it's, but pain
3: it's
1: a pain in the, the ass. ass. Like anyone awful. knows that this guy, this yeah. poor guy, has to go to Pilsen from the Loop, yeah. and then what? Go back to Edgewater.
2: Yeah, that's what. I'm, that's gonna be my It's You to be all day, Jesus man. It's <laughs> all day. one day I'm gonna go, but I'm meeting with friends. You know, I'm gonna go do my photography thing with some friends. $75 list. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: there's there's uh, you know, there's <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, how someone needs to I wish the CTA would lighten up on their restrictions on filming cuz someone needs to capture like the life of a commute in Chicago. Oh my god. And mm. I don't even have to I And nobody need to film that. Just go on the train. <laughs> Just but watch it. It's, for it's a fascinating while. to me because like Ugh. I've have you ever had that it, it's almost like New York sometimes. And I mean, New York is obviously its own specific uh, uh, commuting Subway, hell. Yeah. But you know, uh, but e- even in Chicago, this like the story of a day while commuting. If you're trying to go from neighborhood to neighborhood, is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's absurd. <laughs> um, I got I've, stuck I've on the that.
1: train today, uh, coming from Loyola, and there were six eighteen-year-old Loyola freshmen getting to know each other on the train. And it was like a, a drill bit boring into my temple. And it was, I felt bad because I had to keep telling myself like, this is what they need to do. They're 18. They're learning. This is what you do. You start sharing, throwing this like pedantic bullshit across the train with each other. And, and, you know, you were at the top of your heap and now you're at the bottom of your heap. And I was just listening to it as long as I could. And then I ended up actually
0: moving to the other side of the train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn kids. All right. Uh, let's, let's wrap it on up here. Uh,
2: don't end the segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing
0: is, is that you guys are, are, are all going to come back. Sure. I mean, well, can it. I
1: say just one more thing, throw it in there, do it. Um, so what we were talking about before with community versus the internet and stuff like that, social media, I find it's like, um, plugging into the matrix in a sense like reddit right it just (laughs) goes straight from your brain to online to share with everybody the Mm -hmm. beautiful thing about a microspace or any kind of public anything is that you have a fucking mouth between you and the other person that you're talking to you have to edit Whatever it is going on in your brain before you actually share it with another human being, because mm-hmm. it actually means something, as yeah. opposed to something like Reddit, where it's like every idea I have is fucking brilliant. It doesn't matter if it's like a slight at you or if it's a something yeah. I'm, I'm boosting you. Um, but it, it, that's why it helps community for me, is because like it's just it's a different kind of a movie to watch, and it's a different way to watch a movie, and I appreciate the whole situation, like the re, watching a Ready Freddy film. The microspace oh God, is like so much Just fun. mind-blowing shit it's for so me It's so much more Dustin's fun. wonderful and Dustin it's just, is it's an absolute diff- G the, What's the name of his feature? What was it called?
0: oh my god i'm so sorry in a moment is is
1: such a good movie everyone should watch in a moment but it's just like i never would have seen it anywhere else and also if you find that shit on amazon or something i don't know if it will have the same
0: impact as like sitting
1: down and watching that shit on a big screen well and especially
0: when you guys showed uh in a you guys showed in a moment yeah we did yeah we showed in a moment but i believe it was also preceded by a bunch of shorts that they did yeah he's a riot dude it's it's crazy and I love that because it's it's a full it's a full experience and comfort film has the same thing it's a full experience I believe uh at the first time I went to comfort film we went and saw um project nightmare Mm. which is uh both the worst movie I've ever seen and the best movie I've ever seen. Like, and you, I, I wouldn't have even given it the time of day. I think that, was, that was a Paul movie too, right? Yeah, I yeah. want to say because that's when I met Paul. Bring they, it back. He yeah. he, yeah, it brought it back. Uh, you,
2: was that when the you won tickets to? No, that's when Connor won tickets oh, to John that... Carpenter, and I couldn't go. <laughs> yeah. I was so obsessed. <laughs> yeah, that John Carpenter show was sweet. I was.
0: Fucking, I was <laughs> Everyone so went to that stuff. show. Oh my god! He's just like uh, Connor. Like, I mean, you that guys were Talia so. That
2: was Talia Hall, right?
0: Something uh, like that. I, yeah. My friend
2: The Aragon. The, the Aragon. Oh, it was Argon. The Aragon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my bad. Oh,
0: my God. How <laughs> pissed off was I? I could have seen John Carpenter. John fucking Carpenter.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: God damn it. I was so pissed off. And I can't remember. Wh- I think I might have been working at the theater, too. I was just I, like, oh, I can't go chance. see Carpenter because it's Saturday night. I got I to gotta clean up. That sounds up right. fucking weave off the ground because <laughs> that was something that happened so often. And I'm just like, those are expensive, man. You paid a lot of money for that.
2: But yeah, shorts programs are great. Short programs awesome. are great because they they they've built a lot of the community. Uh, you know, that's how people get to know each other. If, if like someone is putting a program together, you know, yeah. that's uh, that's how Molly. Uh, I think that's how Molly met uh, Emily. Yeah. yeah You know And yeah,
1: yeah Those The friendships The the Please like Let me just get my friends And come support somebody Is the absolute blood Of everything that we do Like awesome. it, It's nice to have walk-ins We can't d- rely on it It's definitely Like shorts programs And yeah. And And people with Um Uh you know, an audience that can bring in twenty people into a room. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. also
2: that's how people cut their teeth, so that they yeah. they can make you know a film that gets shown at the music books. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Dude, I don't know if Chicago filmmakers still does
1: it. They used to have open screenings, like open mics, but you'd come in, and yeah. bring, bring your movie. God, on it going. was my favorite no. night. That's my so favorite bold. night to work was open screenings at the old Chicago filmmakers, because you would just see everything. Yeah. And Chicago has such a specific way of making a movie that you cannot
0: see in LA. Yeah, I, th- I think that's entirely true.
1: And I
2: think we're better than Italy. Yeah, I'll take it,
0: <laughs> dude. No coast is the coast. Yeah, it's um, you no, know, it's. I, I can't imagine myself ever wanting to leave this city. Um, really, mainly because uh, where where else can I see film like this? As someone who lives, breathes, and eats film. Uh it's 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 really what's sus- it's really what sustains my soul in a lot of ways. It's very and I know that's super melodramatic
1: No, it's but it's just the way it is. Well, and I, I every time I go to LA I love it, um but there's something very earnest about the stories that we tell in Chicago. And there there's plenty of people here that are like I got to just cut it in Chicago so I can leave and I mm, respect, yeah. you know, and, people have been doing that as long as I've been been here. It's yeah. harder to actually stick around. Um, and respect to everybody Who does stick around But those of us that did It's because like You can actually do anything here and Yeah And you can yeah.
0: make a movie That looks any which way And you can always come back Yeah I really I really don't want to I'm not We don't mean to vilify Anybody that To alienate that, no. No, Yeah to no, alienate Anybody no. that made the jump To LA or New York Or wherever you I go, spent go home. Home. Yeah. Yeah. You know. no, I spent
1: 15 years wondering Yeah No I just I just made the decision to stay you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. been, I've been here for 10 years or however long I've been here, but it's always been this thing of like, okay, cause should I make movies in Chicago? Should I really try and do this LA thing? Mm-hmm. And I, only weeks ago, decided no this like is, i got it, is it
0: i'm leaning into chicago that's why everybody's getting these funny emails from me uh if you want to check out comfort film or anything else that's happening at comfort station uh it's uh comfortstation.org uh
2: comfort station logan square logan org but you know a quick search on facebook or instagram will find comfort station it's literally right uh, and there and comfort yeah. film specifically which is our series mm-hmm. um you know usually raul or i uh, or emily would respond people have concerns we always try to uh, respond whether or not you know one thing that I should be clear is like we don't have any more outdoor screenings I know people think like oh it's <laughs> it's nice it didn't rain today so, yeah. like, we don't have any more outdoor screenings sir madam <laughs> so we'll, let's, we'll just, let's put the kibosh year. on yeah.
0: that now uh, so, but definitely check them out. Uh, the, the October screening series, uh, put together by Paul, uh, Freitag Fay is, it's spectacular. It's gonna if be fun. If you're, if you're a fan of genre film, if you're a fan of fun, you want to be going to that. And that's every single Wednesday, uh, at Comfort Station over in Logan Square starting at eight o'clock. So it's going to be a lot of cool stuff. Make sure to donate as well. If you go to those screenings, if you, if you can anything, because we want to keep this going. Uh, 6740 micro is Unsurprisingly, at sixty-seven forty uh, North Sheridan Road, Rogers guys. We Park. did
1: it on purpose. <laughs> <We made laughs> it was it, on purpose. We made it
0: easy for you. I'm trying uh, right above the new four hundred theater. So, I mean, if you're if you're on the north side and you maybe you want to catch. A mainstream flick and then go underground, yeah, uh you can do it all in one place if you want to rent the space, if you're interested
1: in getting something shown there, go to the uh it's four hundred theater events at gmail dot com four zero zero theater events, and that's theater with an e r uh and yeah yeah and, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and follow me I'm Weissman Chicago yes. I'm on Instagram yes Why absolutely um, yeah,
0: thank plugs. you thank you both so much for coming in this has been a lot of fun thank, thank you, you Tom yeah and, and Connor
2: who's
1: not here. Connor thank you
0: <laughs> kiss my ass Connor you, Have <laughs> you <crap laughs> fun bastard. in LA yeah. <laughs> all right this has been no coast cinema here on WGM plus don't forget to follow us on uh, Facebook Instagram and Twitter at no coast cinema uh, we'll we'll post all of our episodes there any sort of photos and stuff of us uh out and about watching movies all that good stuff that's where you're going to find it don't forget to subscribe as well on itunes it helps people find the show and also give us uh, a five-star rating if you love the show um you can also listen to us on wgnradio.com okay so uh again noco cinema here on wgn plus your guide to cinema here in the city of chicago i am tom hush and we will see you all next time